Welcome to the Audacity Church Podcast. We pray that you are blessed by what you hear today. We love to hear stories of what God is doing in people's lives. Take some time to share your story of how God is working in your life and email us at amen at loveservego.com. Now prepare your heart to hear from God today. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God, not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe, and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasted away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Are you guys having a good time so far this morning? Aren't you glad you got out of bed and came to church this morning? I'm for real. We know how to worship around here. I don't know if we know how to preach, but we do know how to worship. So just sit down and buckle your seats. If this is your first time, or it's been your first time in a long time, and thanks for being here. You should have received a leaflet whenever you came in, and it's a little connect card on one side of it, and just kind of tells us a little bit about you, uh, how you heard about us. Oh, snap. Nice catch, Tyson. And you never know what happens at Audacity. Yeah, Tyson, you just got a raise, bro. Just got a raise. Oh, <laughs> he knocked it over. Yeah, well, at least it's not a candle, right? It could have got worse. Um, but the, And then there's also on the other side of that Connect card um, a place where you can just put your prayer request and uh, things that you have uh, going on that uh, our leadership team can pray for and pray over you. You can also follow along today or you can check it out later. But the version it's a free app. Um, and you can follow along and the notes will be there. You just go to version, you go to live events, and then you type in the word audacity or it should pull it up. And all of my notes of today are going to be there. You can actually text those to yourselves. You can email them to yourselves. And uh, those are there. Well, this is the uh, third week of a series that we've called Q&A. Leadership team of Audacity, we sit down and we kind of plan things months out. And we decided that we wanted to just answer questions that you guys had. People that are following us on social media, what they have. We had a bunch of questions come in. We thought we'd only be uh, talking about this for a couple of weeks, but we're actually going to uh, bounce another series till later this year, maybe next year, and we're going to stay in Q&A for a while. But there's been a verse that we've used as the series verse or the theme for Q&A. And the verse is uh, in the book of Proverbs, which we call the book of wisdom. And it's actually in chapter 3, and it's verses 5 through 7. And it says this, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct or he will make your path straight. Be not wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and turn away from evil. And so we've talked about this same question for the last few weeks. And the question is, why do bad things happen to good people? 
The question has been, why does God allow bad things to happen to children? And the other question that kind of came in, and we're going to get to it today, is how could a loving God allow people to go to hell? And you know what? If we're honest, we've all probably had that question at one time or another. Maybe that's a, a question that you're currently wrestling with in your spiritual formation. But we've talked about how we wanted to answer the question that's under the question. We just want to be honest. And the question under that question is, how can a God or can I trust God? The question under the question really is, is God fair? Right? The question under that question is, can God, can he really be trusted? I mean, if I'm going to give my full and total life to him, if I'm going to really walk through this process of prayer and, and, and spiritual formation and studying the Bible, what does that mean? I'm going to have to get up earlier. I'm going to have to stay up later. I'm not going to be alone, no longer to tell people they're number one on the highway. If you have an audacity sticker on the back of your car, please don't. And, um, and, but, you know, we, like you have to change. And you're like, well, what is this spiritual formation? And, 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 what, and, and you really have all these questions. And they're all fair, legitimate questions. But the truth is... We really want to know, can this God be trusted? Is he real? And so we've taken a few weeks. The first week we talked about uh, perfection, pride, and praise. We talked about how God is holy. And the real answer to how can bad things happen to good people is really only three words, but I think that does a disservice to your question. But it's God is sovereign. We could have just closed up shop, moved on to the next series. But that really wouldn't have been good enough, right? But that's the truth. Is if God is holy and he's sovereign, then whatever he allows us to go through is, is completely up to him. We talked about pride. How sometimes, man, we just let sin get in the way of our lives. We do things out of selfish desires. And then we talked about praise. Which if you don't get anything today, I want you to get this. Especially if you've never fully surrendered your heart and life to Jesus. You were created for one purpose and one person only. One purpose, excuse me. You exist to glorify God. That's it. Who said amen? I love all of y'all. Let's say it again. You exist to glorify God. That's it. When it comes down to it, yeah, there's a lot of things in life. You know, we get married, we have children, we pursue a career, we serve. We, I mean, there's all these other things. But when it really comes down to it, your sole existence is to glorify God in your marriage, at your job with your, um, your children, with your friends. I mean, you're, you're, you're all, you're, everything is an act of worship. And we talked about last week uh, sanctification and obedience. We really talked about that really the point is trials bring growth. A lot of times God allows things to happen because they help us grow. They grow in our, uh, as Jesus is revealed in our faith, our righteousness, and we also talked about just in strength. Why is there evil in the world? I don't watch the news. I hadn't had cable in uh, probably 12 years. Um, uh, but I read the same probably seven news sites or news sources every morning or sometime during the day. And that's how I accumulate information now. But I can't go onto the homepage of any, any news site and not just be, like, depressed. Man, I'm afraid to go outside. Or, I mean, I can't believe... What, what happens to children? And I have a lot of questions. And I struggle with, man, how is all this, why is there all this fear? Why are all these, why is there all this evil? 
And how can a loving God really, how can he allow all of that? And I think it's a fair question. So I'm going to give you a couple of answers today if I can. And uh, for those of you that haven't been with us the last couple of weeks, we were taking some of this. There's a book called Combat Faith. It was written by um, uh, Hal Lindsey. It was written eons ago uh, before, I mean, at least a third of you were born. And um, it's okay. We love you. And uh, it was written a long time ago. Uh, But there's a lot of great truth in that book. And so we've kind of pulled some of that. So a couple of these are from that book. But one of them, one of the reasons that God allows you, he allows me to go through different things. This is what the Bible says. It's to equip and comfort others. That answer stinks, doesn't it? Like, really? Hey, well, let them learn from somebody else. Let's, (laughs) is there somebody else? But this is what scripture teaches us in 2 Corinthians It says this, Blessed be the God of our Lord, Father, Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. We talked a lot about our immediate reaction to a situation should be prayer or to to seek wise counsel. And it really usually is fear and stress and we get worked up and we get anxious. Instead of allowing whatever circumstance that you're currently going through or you have gone through to draw you closer to Christ so he can comfort you, we just try to handle it on ourselves, try to handle it all alone. There's another scripture in Ephesians. It says this, and I love Ephesians. Paul's writing this from prison. So as your day stinks this afternoon, and I'm sure it will, your food will be to come to your table late, or maybe your burrito will be lukewarm, or God forbid, you might get a flat tire on the way home today. <laughs> Whatever you're going through today, that's awful. So it reminds you where Paul's writing this letter from. Prison. Prison. And not like the American prisons where there's cable and nice meals and you get to select what you want to eat. You can be a vegan and it's all right. You know what I'm saying? No, like a dungeon, like chained to a a Roman soldier, like barely kept alive. And this is what Paul writes. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring light for everyone that is in the plan of the mystery of the mystery hidden for the ages in God who created all things. So that though the church, the manifold wisdom of God, might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence as through our faith in him. I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. You know, when the follower of Jesus walks through trials and suffering with hope, and with joy, and with praise, it's an, it's an encouragement to other followers of Jesus. I mean, it really is. Paul, who's suffering in prison, he's, he's in prison. He says that we can be glorified through the trials of others as we lift them up in prayer and as we have faith for them and with them. As we pray over people who are going through trials, We are participating in the glory of their suffering. Isn't that weird? I mean, really, is that fair? It's part of your glory whenever you see somebody walking through a trial, whenever you can help be a comfort to them, but also when you can pray them through those circumstances. 
We take comfort when we allow our circumstances to glorify God. See, sometimes God allows us to go through stuff that doesn't seem fair. It's frustrating and discouraging. And you'll spend a lot of your time in prayer just asking one question, why? And sometimes God allows those things so that we can be a comfort to others. I, I know I saw her this morning. Um, you know, very. You guys know I'm, I'm, I have this. This I don't have a governor, so some things just come out. And then Ashley operates as the fourth Holy Spirit over there, and sometimes she helps me. Some of you guys walk through stuff that you just need to man up, suck it up, and move on. I mean, you do. It's a part of life. I mean, and you like you act like God's got you going through something like Job. Though he slay me, yet I will trust him. God, I'm so sorry that I could not find bread without gluten. Yeah. And then you're like Teresa. I show up at the hospital almost, I don't know what time we got there, super late. And Ashley and I are praying on the way over there, asking God kind of why things are happening and is this okay? And her son's got second and third degree burns all over his feet. And the woman is filled with the countenance of Jesus. And I left there encouraged by her. Seriously. And you complain because, I don't know, things are tough at work. Or you got one baby you got to feed and another diapers you got to change. See, a lot of times we go through circumstances and we blame God for them and God just needs you to man up or woman up. And then there's sometimes that we go through circumstances that are challenging so that we can be a comfort to others. And it's a circumstance where we get to be a comfort to others that aren't fair, that don't always look right. But guess what? You get to glorify God through your circumstance if you will allow him. Sometimes God allows bad things to happen to us so he can prove the reality of Christ in us or God working through us. Paul calls us in 2 Corinthians, treasures in jars of clay. He says we are in verse 10, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that in the life of Jesus may be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal bodies. You know, when Jesus was calling his disciples and when he was, he's preaching, you know, his top 10 hits and he's kind of, you know, streaming through the seas of Galilee and he's preaching his sermons. Do you know his message wasn't appealing? This is what he said, come and die. And see that falls on deaf ears today because we don't pick up like real crosses. We don't really travel through life. We, we, we want it to be like Forrest Gump's box of chocolates. And sometimes it's not. And sometimes for, so that the people around you at your job, so your family can see you go through a circumstance and see Jesus in you, sometimes God allows it to happen so that we can prove to the world the reality of Christ in us so that the people that see you walking through those circumstances says, they have something I want and I need it. Will you please tell me how you can go through life that way? Sometimes we go through circumstances because God wants to prove the reality of himself in us. 
My favorite verse in the Amplified Bible, I've tried to read multiple translations, but is Philippians um, 3, and it's verses 10 is my favorite one, but I added verse 11 today. It says, For my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may be progressively become more uh, um, intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. And that I may in the same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection, which exerts over believers, and that I may so share his suffering as to be continually transformed in spirit into his likeness, even to death, that in the hope that it is possible that I may attain spiritual moral resurrection that lifts me out from among the dead. You know, sometimes we go through these circumstances in life, and it's so that we can become more like Christ. Sometimes we go through challenging circumstances in life so that the power of Jesus and the power of his resurrection, the power of the Holy Spirit can work through us. When we face trials, we face bad things, this is what I want you to know. Jesus did too. Jesus is in the garden and he's praying to his heavenly father whom he's left his bosom to put on mortal flesh to be born as a, a man so he could be internally, he's fully God and he's fully man. And he's praying in the garden. He says, God, if it's Father, if it's possible, will you, let's, can we do this a different way? Jesus knows exactly how you feel when your prayer goes unanswered. <laughs> Isn't that good? He knows exactly how you feel. He knows the struggle that you're going through whenever things don't make sense or it doesn't line up or you don't understand why God's allowing it to happen. But see, our determined purpose is, it says in the Amplified Bible, is for us to be more intimately acquainted with Jesus so that we can become more like him. Jesus sometimes allows you out in the middle of the storm so he can invite you to where his presence is at work. Was Peter any more able to walk on water if it was a sunny day and the sea was calm in the Sea of Galilee? Was he any more able to do that? No. Was he any less able to walk on water when he did? And if you're actually reading it in the Greek, you, Jesus is a far way off. I mean, I don't know if it's 100 yards or 200 yards or 300 yards, but this is what I want you to know, that Peter walked on water. And he waded out, I love the song, Oceans. He waded out into deeper waters. But this is the beautiful thing about wading out into deeper waters when God allows circumstances to come into your life that don't make sense, that aren't fair. Anything that you're ever going through, when the storm does finally get too much, you are in an arm's reach of Jesus. He's there. See, sometimes uh, we're working through these things of obedience and sometimes we're working through these things of, of great faith and we do that. And then there's a lot of us that we haven't left the harbor in so long. Our lives aren't making a lick of difference for the name of Jesus. And some of us are, 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 are sailing so close to the coastline, you won't even, you won't even get too, you won't go too deep. And Jesus is inviting you out to a greater level of faith, to deeper waters, so he can be magnified through your life. The 
Some of you are walking through limitations on what God can do through you because you are still mending your sails from the storms of your past. You can't live a life of faith if you're still licking your wounds from the last battle you walked through. We can't. What we do is we, we, well, but you know, I came through a hard season. Well, did you grow in that season? Did you allow God to ever increase your faith? You can't dream about your future if you are more concerned about the failures of your past. I want you to live your life with a vision that you cannot escape. I was talking to somebody who's going through a process of starting a, a business, and we, me and him were, we were just talking about different things. And um, I said, well, what are some of your goals? And he goes, man, I just want to live off 30% of my income. I go, that's stupid. And, um, but I, you know, I'm supposed to be an encouraging pastor. Um, I said, well, tell me more about that. He said, you know, the only reason that we're doing this is not, not so that I can make a lot of money. It's so that I can give a lot of money away. <laughs> See, that dude's been radically changed by the upside-down kingdom. His whole intentions of doing things aren't so he can accumulate more toys, but so that he can do more for the kingdom of heaven. Now, listen, toys are nice. I really like the 5 Series BMW. If anybody would like to pick me up one this week. Well, you know what? We, we Actually, we probably need a new van. So what's it called? What do you like? The Envy made by Nissan. If you want to do that, that's fine. Do that instead of the BMW because we can't even all fit in the BMW. It would be a waste. Nice things are okay. I hope you live in a big house. If you go to Audacity and you live in a big house, guess what? You get to open it up for people. Matter of fact, we do more things at the biggest house in this church than we do anywhere else. You just got voluntold. <laughs> okay, guess what? We're doing that again at your place. But if you're opening up these nice things that God has blessed you with, those things are great. And some of you need to have a vision for your life that you cannot escape. You need to have a vision for your life, and it's, it, is, it needs to be drawing closer to Jesus. He needs to be the primary focus of the vision for your life, but then asking him what he wants to do through you. Some of you think, oh, I can't really. I don't really know. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm, just, I'm just me. And God's like, no, would you capture the vision that I want to give you so you can do the impossible? A lot of bad things happen to good people. Sometimes they happen as a testimony to the angels. In the book of Job, uh, in chapter 1, verse 8, we see Job, uh, he loses everything. And there's this backdrop to Job that, we, that Job doesn't see, but it says, And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil? I don't want you to think every time you're walking through a tough circumstance or you see somebody else walking through a tough circumstance that they're immediately out of the will of God. That's just foolishness. That's church talk. And we don't talk like that at this church. Because that's what happens. Oh, man, they're going through something. Man, they must have some sin in their life. I mean, and, and that's what we do. We immediately condemn. Well, we don't do that around here. You ain't allowed. And if I catch you slipping, I will, there you go. I've got a bouncer. He takes care of all of my dirty work. First Peter says this, He revealed to them that they were serving not themselves but you, and the things that have now been announced to you through they were preached the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which the angels look 
long to look. You're like, Ronnie, what are you talking about? This verse tells us that the angels, like, they want to know how the gospel is changing things. That just blows my mind. They long to look. And so sometimes you're going through a circumstance just as a testimony to the angels, a testimony to heaven, and where God can say, hey, look, that's my son. That's my daughter. Go ahead and put him through the ringer. When Peter's talking to Jesus, I'll just bring Peter up again. He says, hey, the devil has asked to sift you like wheat. Some of you get sifted like wheat and then you run and you quit. We talked about that last week, right? That's the thing we do. We're like, ah, you know what? Things got hard, so I'm just going to try something different. I'm going to go a different direction. I think it's fascinating that the angels are looking on and wanting to see or they long to see how the gospel is working. You know, um, it's really tough for me whenever I think about the 30 Coptic pastors that are beheaded and are 21, and then there was 30 a couple of weeks ago, and then there's a... uh, a boat that has Muslim and Christians on it, and the Muslims just started throwing the Christians overboard in the middle of the sea. I'm sure you are had a tough week. Sometimes what you're going through is as a testimony to heaven. Does it make it fair or right in your eyes? God is always sovereign. He's in the business of restoration and reconciliation. So why do bad things happen to good people? I think this, the question kind of also is asked this way. Why do bad things happen to moral people? Or maybe another way, how can a loving God send people to hell? The question's real. Romans 3 puts it this way. Oh, the answer to that question is free will. But... Um, Romans 3 puts it this way. It says, no one is righteous. It says, no one seeks after God. It says that we use our tongues to deceive. And there is no fear of God before their eyes. And if you're anything like me, that was just yesterday. Right? I think it wasn't a real lie. It was just kind of like a bend of the truth. Or I'm in a situation where I immediately need to seek the counsel of God and I'm just like, ah, you know what, I'm, I'm, I've, been, I've been here before. I'll just go ahead and handle this one. See, the Bible says that we are in our sin. Proverbs 14 puts it this way. There's a way, a way that seems right to man, but it ends to death. <laughs> Bad things are evil and prevalent. Because man has hardened his heart. You and I have hardened our heart towards our creator. The heart of man is naturally an idolater. You and I were created for worship. If Jesus isn't at the center of your life, something else is. Who's the guy I quote around here the most? TK all day. That's right. Here we go. T.K. basically puts it this way. He says that all of us, and it's the, it's the vernacular that we use as a teaching team at Audacity, but we are always either putting Jesus at the center of our lives or it's sex, money, or power. That's it. And see, that happens because we've been given free will. I, man is selfish. 
He has no desire to submit to God. The the answer of why would a loving God send people to hell isn't really as complex as we make it. Evil exists and hell exists because of love. Love. Free will. You're going to be like, love, really? Are you talking about hell? Completely separated from God? See, free will is the greatest gift that God has ever given his creation with the exception of his son. It's the greatest gift. There will be no person in hell separated from the presence of God that did not choose to be there. Not one. Not one. There's not going to be someone there that says, well, I didn't know. There's not. There's not going to be any person. And I know that's hard to digest. There's not going to be a single person in hell separated from the presence of God that did not choose to be there. People often, matter of fact, uh, I've heard it this week, but people often use this term, hell on earth. Let me tell you what Psalms 139 says. Where could I go from your spirit or where could I flee from your presence? If I ascend up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, the place of the dead, behold, you are there. This earth, God's creation, this existence that we currently live in, God's presence is everywhere. Colossians says it is by Jesus that all things are being held together. So we cannot even begin to fathom what it means to be completely separated from God. We can't. We can't even begin to even wrap our finite mental minds around what hell will be like. Because hell is completely separated from God. The greatest gift of love is free will. I took my boys to see Furious 7. You know, Furious 7 is the most profitable franchise in American history. Way to go. And um, uh, Furious 7 actually has grossed $1.2 billion globally. So a couple of people have seen this. I don't know if you have. And I haven't seen six, five, four, or three. Um, so I was kind of a little bit lost in the story. Um, I caught on. But there's this guy in the movie played by Vin Diesel. His name's Dominic Toretto. <clears throat> and Dominic is uh, talking to, uh, it apparently is, is his girlfriend. And she's lost her memory, I guess. I don't know what happened, if you've seen it. Spoiler alert. And um, she can't remember that they were in relationship together. She knows that he says we've been together for 15 years. And she says, and you can see him just loving her in this movie. His eye, I mean, he just does a really good job. I was sold that the dude was in love. <laughs> and as he's looking at her, she gets to this point where she's frustrated, and she says, I'm leaving. I need to go find myself. And she leaves him, and he just loves on her. There's a point in the movie, and uh, if you want to see it, cover your ears or push mute on the podcast where her whole memory comes flooding back to her. She starts to remember everything about them. And she remembers that they were married. And she's in tears. And she said, why didn't you tell me that we were married? And Vin Diesel, of all people, start calling him a theologian, drops one of the most theologically powerful lines that I have ever heard in any movie. And this is what Vin Diesel's reply was. You can't tell someone they love you. See, that's what free will is. 
Free will is God saying, I can't tell you to love me, although whenever, as Psalms 139 says, when you were in your mother's womb, I knit you together. I can't tell you to love me. See, God offers something so beautiful called free will. Why would a loving God send people to hell? The Bible tells us that God is patient. Second Peter says, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. John chapter 3, Jesus is talking to a religious leader who's come to kind of see Jesus by night. He didn't want to be seen with Jesus during the day. His name was Nicodemus. He was a part of what is essentially the Jewish Supreme Court, kind of um, how maybe you could wrap your hands around what Nicodemus was a part of. And Jesus says this to him, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And I remember like Tim Tebow put that on his eyeliner. You can't go to a professional sporting event without somebody seeing John 3.16. But I think John 3.17 is as much as powerful. It says this, For God did not send his Son, speaking of Jesus, into the world to condemn the world, but that in order the world might be saved through him. God is patient. Why do bad things happen to good people? I'm going to close. Abbo, you come. You know, I was going to, I had all these verses about how God is patient and how good God is. And, and, and I really had like some ideas on how I wanted to close this. And because I want to speak to, to, to you just for a moment that have been following Jesus. If you've never followed Jesus, you've never surrendered your heart and life to him, we're going to give you a moment to respond in, in just a minute. But um, there's this uh, book um, that's uh, called The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. It was written by probably one of the most brilliant minds of, in the last hundred years. His name was uh, C.S. Lewis, Clive. Yes, his mom named him Clive. And uh, if some of you that are pregnant are looking for a good kid's name, try Clive. Um, but C.S. Lewis wrote this book called The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And there's this part in the, ver- in, in the book where uh, there's a little girl, and her name is uh, Lucy, and there's another one, Susan, their sisters. And they go up to Mr. and Mrs. Beaver, and yes, it's like a beaver. They're married, um, and they talk. It's awesome. They go up to Mr. and Mrs. Beaver in the movie, and they say this. They, they're asking about Aslan. They just know that Aslan is like the king. So that's, all, that's really all that they know. And he's a lion uh, in the story, and he, he plays the Christ figure. C.S. Lewis does a brilliant job of, of sharing the gospel message in this book. And they ask if Aslan is a man. And Mr. Beaver replies to Lucy. He said, Aslan, a man? Certainly not. I tell you, he is the king of the woods, and he is the son of the great emperor across the sea. Do you not know who the king of beasts is? He asked. Aslan is a lion. He's the lion. The great lion. And Susan goes, oh, whoa. She says, I thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? I shall be rather nervous about meeting him. And I love what Mr. Beaver says. Oh, no, this is Mr. Beaver. Mr. Beaver says, That you will, dearie, and make no mistake about it. 
If there's anyone who can appear before Aslan without their knees knocking, they either are braver than most or just silly. And then Lucy asked the most profound question that I think you and I ask in our spiritual formation in this journey of surrendering our lives to Christ. And this is the question. She says, is he safe? Mr. Beaver says, safe. Don't you, didn't you hear what Mrs. Beaver told you? Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. So oftentimes you might be walking through an impossible circumstance. It doesn't seem fair that you have to endure. But I know, I want you to know, sometimes, man, God is just working himself through you so that you can be more like Jesus. And sometimes he's trying to strengthen you so that you can be a testimony to the heavenlies. And sometimes he's just giving the greatest gift of all. The way that he can love you is by giving you free will. And he is so patient. But no matter the trials, no matter what you're walking through today, I want to put that back on the screen. No matter what you're going through, safe? Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. No matter what impossible circumstance that you're going through, God is in full control. He's sovereign. No matter what you're having to endure, I need you to hear me today. It might not be safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. Let's pray. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to get plugged into the ministry of Audacity or support this ministry financially, you can get more information at loveservego.com.